Hi, I'm Susanna, and this is The Susanna Gibbs Show. When I was growing up, we lived in rural Texas in this town called Clarksville, which is an old town, but very small. And on our 20 acres, we had a tree. And I never liked to go by this tree because I knew that once upon a long time ago, this tree was where two black men had been hung after being drugged for some period of time there. And I never liked to go over into that whole section. Um, the tree was this visual reminder of the horror that had occurred there. And, and the way that some places seemed to carry the past with it. People had tried to burn the tree down. They tried to cut the tree down. But the tree was a witness to the horror, the murder. And so I can't imagine what it must have been like for our next guest. Quietly sitting on the couch until they got the call that said, hey, we've been looking for you. We want to talk to you about your grandfather who was lynched in Tarrant County. And this was news because you had no idea that this had ever happened. I hope you enjoy. We'll end the episode with an insurance tip. Nothing related to this story because I could find no good segue for it. And I didn't even try. Thanks so much for being here. So today on the podcast, I have Fred Rouse with me. Thank you so much for being here today, Fred. No problem. Um, thank you for having me. So I want to start with the call. The call that came on September 30th, 2020. Is that the right mm -hmm. date? That is the correct day. Yeah, um, you know, like I, you know, like I tell people all the time, you know, it was game one, NBA Finals, um, Los Angeles Lakers and Miami Heat. And I'm just sitting there enjoying the game. And all of a sudden my phone rings. And uh, first question, you know, that pops in my mind is, you know, who is calling me during, during the, the game? How dare they call during, during the, the game? game. How, how, how dare they? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I answered the phone and it was a classmate of mine from Texas Tech um, that I hadn't talked to at that particular time in probably about 24 years. And um, so he called and he said, hey, Fred, you know, some friends of mine have done the genealogy of your family and they want to know if they can have your phone number. And, uh, you know, kind of puzzled, you know, I was like, what, you know, what's going on? And hey, why is doing somebody's genealogy of my family? Yeah, yeah, and, and also, you know, asking him, well, you know, I hadn't talked to you in 24 years, you know, how did you get my phone number? <laughs> so uh, he got my number from a mutual friend, uh, which was fine. And um, I said, yeah, you know, Go ahead and, you know, tell them to give me a call. It's fine. I'm, I'm watching the game, but, you know, that, that's okay. And about 30 minutes later, I get a, I get a phone call um, uh, from, you know, a TCU professor, uh, Adam McKinney, uh, TCCPJ president at the time, uh, as, you know, other people on the phone. And they was like, hey, Fred. I was like, uh, hey, you know. And it was like, well, we found your grandfather. And I'm like, no. I hadn't found my grandfather. My grandfather's buried in East Texas, you know, which was my mom's dad. Uh, but they were talking about my dad's dad. 
And uh, they said, now we found your dad's dad. And so again, I'm like, no, hadn't found him either because I don't even know who he is, you know. Uh, because my, my dad died when I was 12, so um, I didn't really know his side of the family other than, you know, his sister, uh, my aunt, uh, which also lived in Houston at the time. And, uh, yeah, so the rest is history after that. You know, they told me about my grandfather, his story, um, what happened to him, um, you know, how he was lynched. He was, you know, only recorded African-American to be lynched in Fort Worth uh, or in Tarrant County. All right, so let's and, just pause uh, pause right here okay. for one second. Right. How do they tell you, I mean, are they clinical about it when they say, hey, we've been studying your family, which, did that was that creepy at all when they said that, or were you more curious? Um, I think I was more curious um, okay. about it. Um, and then what did they say? Hey, uh, just factual, <laughs> we found your grandpa. Pretty much it. Pretty much. I mean, they were really straightforward with it. Uh, but what they did was they went through like a um, like a verification process, um, you know, with it just to make sure because I I had so many questions. I was like, no, and I was really kind of, you know, pushing them back a little bit. Uh, so every time they would say some, yeah, you know, you know, I was like, no, couldn't be him. You know, you got the wrong person. And uh, so they were like, well, is your sister's name, you know, such and such? And I'm like, huh, yeah. Is your uh, brother's name, you know, such and such? And I'm like, uh, yeah, you know. So they just they just kept going down the list, and pretty much to the point where I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and turn the game off, <laughs> so I can hear, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, uh, yeah, because they knew too much, you know. So, but All yeah, right. and uh, so they told me the story. So your grandfather was the only one who was ever lynched in Tarrant County. The only recorded. African American to be lynched in Tarrant County. Lynched. Yeah, and only recorded. Yeah. Once the shock wore off, did you go through all the stages of grief, or for a man that you didn't know? But I have to think there was at least denial. Obviously, you had denial on the phone. Then there was shock, but yeah. sadness, yeah, shock and awe, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I went through all the, all of those emotions because my mom. So this was, I found out September 30th of 2020. So my mom um, had just died of the COVID in um, August of 2020. So, you know, trying to get through that. And then, you know, a month later hearing that your grandfather was hung from a tree uh, 15 miles from my house because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I live in Tarrant County and uh, I've been in a DFW Metroplex for, at that time, 24 years. And I never knew anything about this story. And uh, so, like you said, so the first initial reaction was the was the denial of you know you think you know you got the wrong person you know uh, you know this is mm -hmm. you know this this can't be you know you this can't be me this can't be my family and so when they got to the verification process and you know naming where I, you know where we grew up at my 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 family's name my siblings' names my mother's names and all of this information. Well, my dad grew up at, you know, then I had to, you know, kind of sit back and just kind of face and, you know, open up my ear to hear um, exactly what was going on, what they had to say. Mm -hmm. And um, so once they proceeded to tell the story of my grandfather and how uh, brutally he was, he was murdered, he, you know, he was, uh, he was beat, um, he was, you know, beat to near death 
Uh, he was taken to the old city and county hospital where he stayed for five days. Um, a mob came in um, and they, 30 guys, um, they, they grabbed him, they took, pulled him out with only his hospital gown on. They shot him. Um, papers say they um, riddled his body with bullets. Um, they stabbed him and then they hung him from a tree um, right there at, um, at 12th and Samuel. Yeah. Did you find all of that out in the call or did that come later? I found it out, all that out in the call. Okay. They they, they, they held yeah, no punches they, in the call then. No punches at all. Um, you know, they told me, you know, you know, everything he was a butcher at the Swift Meat Packing Plant, um, you know, there in Fort Worth. Um and how, you know, he got into it with some of the, the picketers um that were on strike uh, one day when he was, you know, leaving, leaving work. And uh, you know, they proceeded to beat him. They proceeded to beat him. Um, I think one record say he was trying to run towards one of the trolleys. Um, you know, the guy on the trolley closed the door so that he couldn't get in. Uh, so the mob caught up with him. Um, they hit him across the head and uh, fractured his skull in two places. Um, and then when the authorities came to take him, you know, to the morgue because they thought he was dead, uh, they found out he was still alive. So that's when they took him to the uh, city and county hospital. Um, down to the basement, which was the Negro ward of the hospital. And um, he was there, you know, for five days until they came and, and drug him out. And uh, that's when they proceeded to continue to shoot him, stab him, and, and hang him from a tree. Um, that's you know, terrible. And, you know, it, it's, so what, it's what? heartbreaking. And my... I was going to ask you, so do you have, like, mm -hmm. a B.C.? of your life uh, before the call and after the call? Like, what were you doing before <laughs> this call with your life? Wow, I was just an ordinary guy. I would go to work every day, um, you know, just, you know, paying bills, What's taking care of the family. Day job? What's uh, the day job? Uh, I'm, I'm an actual network engineer I'm at Endurance Capital and uh, graduated from Texas Tech uh, with an MIS degree. Um, Many, 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 many years ago. Um, you know, hey, not that many. The 19... We're the same age. <laughs> that's right. That's right. right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> just a couple of years right, ago. So <laughs> just a couple of years ago. Just a couple. So now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. after the call, what has this led you to be uh, Mr. President of? I am currently now the president of uh, TCCPJ, which is Tarrant County Coalition for Peace and Justice. Um, I, I just became the president this past January. Uh, Adam McKinney, who was one of the persons on the, phone, the initial phone call, was the president of uh, TCCPJ. And, uh, but ever since I've gotten that phone call, my life has just been um, so different. Um, I tell people all the time that I went from the couch to the podium um, in one night uh, because I've done so many uh, presentations at different churches. I spoke at TCC, uh, you know, the schools, uh, different events, and uh, it has just been a roller coaster ride ever since. So, so uh, I'm looking at the TCCPJ. Um, I think I'm missing TCCPJ. No, I'm not. Um, page now, and you know, it's a very open, healthy way of talking about a, a not lovely period of history and race. Did you talk much about yeah. race before this? Because now that's part of your everyday conversation, right? It's like 
bringing racial things yeah. to the forefront, talking about segregation, yeah. talking about things in the past that are completely mm -hmm. terrible mm -hmm. and, and not pleasant. Right. I, I think that um, I've talked about it before. I mean, you know, in the in African-American community, I mean, you know, in, uh, other minority communities, um, I think always talk about race in some, some aspect, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, but I've never, you know, talked about it on such a large platform like I have now. Um, and so even, you know, talking about what happened to my grandfather, people always ask me, well, Fred, does it get easier uh, each time you tell the story about him? And I tell them no, because, you know, I, every time I have to describe what happened to him, you know, I have to pretty much hold back my emotions because it's, it's such a, it's such a horrendous and terrible um, tragedy uh, that happened to him. Um, but this gives me a platform to honor him, uh, to honor his legacy, and you know, honor so many other people that you know um, that we know have had uh, you know these racial terror lynchings and uh, some of the people that we don't know. Um, but we heard the stories of other lynchings and other murders and you know, other things like that. So we just want to give voice to the voiceless and, um, you know, you know, be intentional about, you know, honoring them and honoring their legacy you know, because they, they were people, too. So I want to get to that in a minute and, and talk about the Equal Justice Initiative, which helped bring this um, story to you. But before we leave this section, why is it because it's such a terrible story? Did your dad know and just not tell you, or did he not know, or? Mm -hmm. I later found out, and this and this is, this this whole story is just so amazing because my grandfather uh, was murdered on December the eleventh, nineteen twenty one. When my family found out about the story, another piece of that was my sister found out that her birth, well, her birthday is on December the 11th. So she found out that her grand, that grandfather was murdered on her birthday. Um, my dad, he was, you know, about 20 years older than my mom when they got married. So she was in his 20, she was in her 20s. He was in like his 40s. So he never told her about what happened to his dad. Um, you know, so so that information never got passed to us, you know, uh, the children. And so we just went through life like that. After I found the story, the story out and um, I was doing a uh, photo shoot um, uh, with a photographer from the Star Telegram. Um, I think it was in 2021, maybe the first of 2020, I mean, uh, 2021, 2022. And he said, Fred, it is so it is so nice to meet you. I was like, okay, well, it's nice to meet you too. Thanks for, you know, doing this uh, photo shoot. But he told me that 20 years ago, he did an interview. It was, it was an older guy, or a photographer, but he did an interview with one of my cousins about the same story regarding my grandfather. And he said that, and matter of fact, he gave me the newspaper that that article was in and in that newspaper article, he interviewed one of my cousins, one of my cousins, which was my I think my dad's first cousin at that time. And in that article, my cousin was saying how there were people or the family at the meatpacking plant that he worked at because you know my cousin worked at the same place, and they were trying to get my dad 
to forgive the family for doing that to his dad, for murdering his dad. And so in the newspaper article, it would say how my dad would come from Houston and to Fort Worth and with the family. And my dad was just so angry. He just couldn't, uh, he just couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. He never wanted to talk about it. He, he was just so angry, um, you know, how they killed his dad. So, yeah. We think about the, the, the trickle down effects of not having a father, a mother, in uh, you know how it just it, it affects generation upon generation upon generation it's 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 really exactly. it's really hard so let's i want to go to now the um equal justice initiative well mm-hmm. do we go to the equal justice initiative yeah let's go to the equal justice initiative and then we'll we'll come back to tccpj <laughs> because um okay one of the things that you 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 mentioned before and correct me is how many um, lynchings have they found going back through all the records because their mission is to locate them mm-hmm. all correct mm-hmm. right that's that's correct um, there are two places in Montgomery Alabama one of them is called the Legacy Museum and the other place is called the National Memorial for Peace and Justice. Okay. And at each one of these uh, places, um, at the Legacy Museum, they have soil collection jars with the names of all of the African Americans, um, you know, that were lynched or, or brutally killed through racial terror or violence. At the and they have also names as well on, on the walls there. Also, at the National Memorial for Peace and Justice, they have these long clacks hanging from the ceiling um, with different people's uh, names on them and the counties that those people are from. And when you go to that National Memorial for Peace and Justice, there are literally thousands, over 4,000 of these names of people that were brutally lynched and murdered and hung from trees and just 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 killed. Um, the place is 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 is, is breathtaking. Um, and when you I tell anybody that has not gone there, if you if you, you just it is it has to be a once in a lifetime or a thing, but go there and you will truly be amazed at how. Um, they have put this memorial together and also the Legacy Museum. It is truly astonishing. And my grandfather has a soil collection jar at the Legacy Museum, and he also has his name on a plaque um, there at the National Memorial for uh, Peace and Justice. And um, I got a chance to go uh, for the first time back, this, matter of fact, in March of this year. And um, it was just, it was breathtaking to see so many names and then when I think about all those names it, it, it had to be over 4,000 names wow. had to be wow. that's 4,000 that's 4,000 families that's that's thousands of families millions of grandkids and great-grandkids and um, it, it was just it was just breathtaking to, to see that what do you say to people who who may say you know what why can't we just leave history in the past why can't we just leave those negative things well enough alone? Why do we need to bring them up? Why 
it's re-causing people pain to talk about these things. What do you say to people when they say that to you? I say we can't leave those things alone because that's our history. And we, if we leave those things alone, then we forget about our families. We forget about our, the people. Um, we cancel their voices. We cancel their lives if we leave it alone. They deserve to have voice. They deserve to be known about and loved and honored um, because these people are family. Um, they're our bloodline. They're, this is where we come from. And if we cancel that out, then we cancel out our entire existence. We cancel out um, everything about us. Do you feel more or less healed? I don't know that healed is the right word because I don't know that you were mm -hmm. wounded before the call, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. do you feel more healed? I, is it a process? I have process. to think it was a big uh, wound think, that opened when they told oh, you about the call. Oh, my goodness. And then you, you basically yeah, ripped the scab yeah. off every time you talk about it conti to yeah. continue your work. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what the healing part of it for me is? Is being able to give voice to my grandfather um, to tell his story. Um, and, and, you know, and I was you know, telling people uh, the other day that when TCCPJ first bought the land where my grandfather was murdered at, uh, the actual place where he was hung from the tree, um, we didn't have anybody to mow the lawn. So I went out there with my little push mower and I'm, you know, just chugging along uh, with my mower. And what that did for me was it gave me a, a sense of closeness to him because I knew that that place was where he took his last breath. And so I felt closer to his spirit. And so as I'm pushing, chugging along with my little lawnmower, I was talking to his spirit and I was, you know, saying to him, you know, you know, grandfather, I, I really hope and pray that I am honoring you in a way that you would love for me to honor you. And that gave me a sense of closeness to him because when they murdered him a hundred years earlier, they took him from our family. You know, my dad was five months old when this happened, you know, so he never got a chance to grow up with his dad. Um, and we wow. never got a chance to grow up knowing the stories of, of our grandfather. Um, so for me, being able to do stuff like that, just kind of talk to him and talk to his spirit and when I see the, the outpouring of love from the community of everybody honoring my grandfather and saying his name and telling his story, uh, that, that's the healing for me and my family. Nice. So what do you want, what's some of the work that you guys are continuing to do through TCCPJ? Uh, some of the work that we're doing through TCCPJ <laughs> And, uh, and we're just getting started. We have so many ideas and so many things and works that we want to do. Uh, one of the biggest things that we do now currently is we do the uh, Fort Worth lynching tours. Um, we have those 
where we take groups of people um, to all the different sites um, that my grandfather was taken to. Um, we start at the Swift Meat Packing Plant where he was first, uh, you know, beaten at, and then we take him to the uh, uh, city and county hospital, um, and we take him also to the memorial site, which is where we're uh, getting ready to do the construction for the memorial site. Um, in, a, in a few months, I think we're going to be starting in uh, February February of twenty four. So, um, and then you know, then we have the old uh, KKK building, uh, which was per, uh, purchased by Transform Ten Twelve, and that's going to be the Fred Rouse Center for Arts and Community Healing. Um, but the memorial site is going to be called the Fred Rouse Memorial. So back back that up. Um, so the, we the, work with a company. The building that you guys are buying is the old KKK building. Yeah, um, an organization called uh, Transform 1012 North Maine um, is an organization, it's a nonprofit organization, it's made up of other nonprofit organizations, um, uh, about eight nonprofits, and you know that organization, Transform 1012, purchased the, uh, the old KKK uh, tavern. It, it also was the Ellis Pecan building, um, you know, af after that. Did and they know so it was the just KKK purchased, building? Purchased that. When they purchased it? Uh, through, the re through the research, yes. Okay. So they through did the it research, on purpose? Yes. yes. Through okay. the research. Um, oh, definitely. Definitely. And so that building is going to be named the Fred Rouse Center for Arts and Community Healing. Um, it's going to be a space for all you know communities, all races, uh, all identities to be able to come to and just have a safe haven, just have a safe place uh, where everybody is accepted, um, nobody is shunned away because that building, when it was first built, was used to, um, you know, you know, strike fear in the community and shun away different uh, ethnicities and, and cultures. Uh, but now we're turning it into a space where everybody is welcome, and um, so it's it's going to be a, a great, 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 great space wow, for people. I'm so excited! So. I love the work that you're doing. Um, I love your story. I'm I'm Thank so you. grateful that you came on and and took the time to talk with me about it. Is there anything that I missed that you feel like we should cover before we wrap this up. I want to tell people how to find you for sure, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I think um, just, you know, from, from myself, you know, representing uh, the community and the Rouse family, um, you know, we just want everybody to know that, you know, you know, everybody should be loved. Everybody should be accepted for who they are. Um, it's time out for the racism it's time out for this racial terror violence against each other because we're all people. Um, and we need to, you know, learn how to love, uh, respect everyone's culture, everyone's identity. Everybody's different. But at the end of the day, we're just, we're just all people. And, and we, you know, we all want uh, respect. Um, we all want uh, to be loved. Um, and we just all want to be recognized, you know. And I think that if we can do those things, then, you know, we can get along. So um, we have these these amazing, um, you know, entities being built in Fort Worth. Like I said, we have the Fred Rouse Memorial, um, you know, coming up, starting construction uh, here pretty soon. It's going to have a space in there, a community garden in there where people can come and, uh, you know, plant, you know, little seeds. Uh, we, we had a celebration this past December the 11th where the, the community came out and different speakers came out. Uh, Miss Opal Lee was there, um, you know, some of the Fort Worth City Council members were there, and we just had a wonderful time celebrating, you know, and honoring my, my grandfather. 
And, uh, and once the Fred Ross Center for Arts and Community Healing is completed, it's going to have theaters in there. It's going to have uh, so much uh, for the whole community to come and enjoy. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's just great. And, and I'm appreciative to the entire community and uh, with the outpouring of love that they're having for my family and my grandfather and honoring his name. Um, and that that's, that's awesome. I think it's really awesome. Great. Well, I know they can find you at the website, correct? The tccpj.org. Uh -huh. Is that the best uh -huh. place if yes. people want to connect with you, connect with you there? That is the best place. Uh, they can go there um, to the website. Um, we have a contact page there. If they also, if they want to, you know, give any type of donations uh, because we are a nonprofit, uh, they can go there and, and, and donate as well. Um, but yeah, it's 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 so wonderful. And like I say, I've been given a platform now. Um, I've been on the Today Show and just so the, all the local news stations, and uh, you know, we're just so appreciative of all the uh, the outpouring of support. So it's great. One of, the, one of the things that I really want to do with this podcast, because in the insurance side, I my clients, I follow up with them on a yearly basis, and I see, you know, how'd you do this year? What was your year like? Are you up in your sales? Did you get more employees? And so I really want to circle back to my podcast guests and say, hey, Brett, how's your year been? How are things changed? So okay. I'm excited to hear sure. how it's been for you, especially next year after the memorial is built. The mock-up looks Oh, or what you sent me looks really beautiful. So um, good luck with you great, and all of that. Thank you again for being thank here. Thank you. I, 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 thank you so much for having me, and I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, so our insurance tip of the week. If somebody hits you, it's their fault, obviously, right? Their fault. We get this call all the time. They're like, should I call my insurance company? So we're like, why? Call their insurance company. It's their fault. They're going to take care of everything. Now, if something happens, which every now and then it does, somehow the insurance company isn't responsive. Maybe the driver's license and information they gave you was totally bogus. Then you can get your insurance company involved. It'll go underneath the uninsured, underinsured motorists. They will probably subrogate later against the other insurance company. And there you have it. When you make the call, the first person who takes the information they're just an information taker. They're not going to answer anything. They're not paid to answer anything, and they won't be able to tell you if it's going to be covered or not. Your adjuster is assigned within 24 to 48 hours, and they're the ones who are going to walk you through the whole process. So, yeah. And if you need help, call us. It's rare that claims don't go the right way, but if they do, Claire's? I think claims. It's rare that claims don't go the right way, but an easy call from us will usually get it back on track. Thanks for being here. If you have any questions, thoughts about this episode or anything you want to talk to us about, go to giveagencydallas.com and we will see you again next week.